Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. Paul went first to Derby and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed in Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they've come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped, clamped their feet in the stocks. 
Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Verses 1 through 34, Acts chapter 16. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Father, we thank you once again for your word. Thank you for the fact that your word is, your word saves us. It refreshes us, it empowers us, it nourishes us, it strengthens us, it counsels us, and it does so, so much more. And thank you, Lord, also for how that your word also is a a guide to help us to know what it means to be a disciple and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word teaches us how to live the life and the lifestyle of one called to live on mission, carrying out your work and your will every single day. More and more, teach us and empower us to be the mission-minded believers Individually and collectively, you would have us to be every day of our lives. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we're grateful to have you as a part of our listening family. Very honored and blessed to have with us in studio today, Pastor Shane McGivney. He's the pastor of Belden Baptist Church in Belden, Mississippi. Pastor Shane, how are you today? Doing great and so honored to be here with you today and excited to uh, just talk about some things that are near and dear to my heart. All right. Well, we're very grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And I'm going to ask if you'll take a few moments to further introduce yourself. And if if you want to, if you just feel so led, share some of your testimony. And then we want to get into talking about Belden Baptist Church and also the topic of being a mission-minded church. But at this time, just further introduce yourself to our listeners. Please. Well, sure. I'm a native Mississippian. I have lived pretty much all of my life in Mississippi. I've uh, been blessed to be able to travel around the world, uh, mostly on mission, and uh, but raised in central Mississippi in Carthage, uh, the big city of Carthage. There's not a lot in Carthage, but raised there, lived there all of my life. Uh, raised by Christian mother and father, blessed to do that. Grew up in a little small country church and where the Bible was taught, and uh Married my high school sweetheart, and uh, we now have two children. Uh, my wife is a retired school teacher, and, and we were able to um, just live there in that town pretty much until the last 15 years. And then I was actually an engineer, graduated from Mississippi State University, went uh, worked as an engineer, partnered with my dad in a business, 
But all that time was plugged into my small church, led worship there. I was the, mm-hmm. I called it the music picker outer, you know, small country mm-hmm. church. I um, don't play any interest instruments, but um, we'd pick out the music and we would sing and worship together. And well, we, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, being an engineer, that engineer, that's a great background for being a pastor. You know, it so. was <laughs> yes, but we were able. Um, as I got older, I kind of drifted a little bit away from really following the Lord. Uh, I'd gotten saved. I know there's no doubt in my mind that the Lord saved me when I was eight years old. Uh, but later in life, I'd kind of drifted, get caught up in the things of the world. And God brought back a pastor from my childhood to be my pastor when I was in my 30s. Mm. And he began introduced me to the concept of biblical discipleship, Jesus's model of intentionally modeling discipleship. And it was a game changer. In 2007, I knew God was stirring in my heart the call to the ministry, to vocational ministry, and began praying about that. And in 2007, the summer of 2007, went on a mission trip to Nicaragua. And during that time, God just really convicted me, and I surrendered to the ministry at that moment. And through missions and discipleship, God just led me into the pastorate, went to seminary at New Orleans, Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, I, I call myself tri-vocational. I was pastoring a church. Mm-hmm. I was running a business, and I was going to school. <laughs> but it was great. And uh, and then about four years ago, right before COVID, uh, God called me here to uh, North Mississippi, to Tupelo, to Belden mm-hmm. Baptist. And uh, it has been an exciting journey, difficult journey because of the time frame. But my goodness, God is just doing mm-hmm. great and mighty things right here in Belden and Tupelo, Mississippi. Well, praise God. Praise God. Well, uh, Pastor Shane, as we uh, further begin, I'm going to ask if you would uh, take a moment now specifically to pray for listeners to have ears to hear. Because, you know, as we talk about uh, mission as a whole, you know, people have a lot of stereotypes about what mission is and what it's not. Some of them are funny and some of them are serious, but God wants to speak to every single listener. So would you pray for them to have the ears to hear all the Lord wants to say to them today? Absolutely. Father, we come to you now just uh, thanking you for your love for us and your goodness to us. We thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, that you, you didn't die, send your son to die for a select few, but that all should come to know you as Lord and Savior. So right now I pray for or open ears, minds, and hearts to receive the word that you would have for us, and God, that you would do your transforming work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And uh, if someone wanted to visit Belden Baptist Church, how could they get there? Well, I always tell it this way. There's only one Love's truck stop in Tupelo, Mississippi, (laughs) and our church is directly south of that, right on uh, the intersection of McCullough Boulevard and Interstate 22. Uh, it's the easiest way to find us. We're right there at that intersection, uh, and it's an easy landmark. We're the white columned church on the hill. <laughs> mm-hmm. A city set on a hill, very much so. That's right. That's yes, right. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, Pastor Shane, I uh, want to say that very much, of course, we're grateful to you and the Belden Baptist Church family. You all have been super generous to us with the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center Ministry, which is our mobile medical pregnancy ministry that serves in the Mississippi Delta. And we're grateful for churches like Belden Baptist and others who've come alongside to help us carry the work forward. And of course, that's a big part of what God called us to do because it was by no means to be something we're to try to do in a solo fashion. But 
We're to simply work along in the church community to carry this work forward. So we're grateful for you, the, your generosity. I want to ask if you'll, as we begin, would you just share from your perspective why it's important for every church to seek to be mission-minded? Well, our mission-mindedness should flow from our understanding of missiology and what the mission that God has given the church. There's no doubt that God has said in Acts 1-8 that we are to go not only locally but uh, to regionally and then even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And unfortunately, in our culture, we have taken missions many times uh, to be either a Band-Aid ministry, I call it, where you just go and maybe you you meet a need, but there's no evangelization, there's no discipleship follow-up. Or many times in our churches, and I've seen this, it becomes almost a vacation Mm -hmm. um, to get the opportunity to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But learning that discipleship and missions and evangelism go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. that you cannot separate those. So I believe that our understanding of what Jesus expects of his followers as disciples really dictates our missiology, our being a missional church. So we we understand that Jesus' first words uh, to his followers was to follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And his last words to his followers were in Matthew 28, the great, we call it the Great Commission, was to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So the whole theme of Jesus for his followers was to be disciple makers wherever God plants us. And so one of the things that we look for in ministries we look to partner with as well as um, missionaries we look to partner with, mm-hmm. we look from right here to the utmost parts, <clears throat> We um, look for those that are truly making disciples, that are, that, are work, that are Christocentric, Christ-centered, that they are biblically centered, and that are, have a passion to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to uh, coming into a break, and we'll pick up right there. Our in-studio guest today is Pastor Shane McGivney. He's the pastor of Belden Baptist Church, Belden, Mississippi. We'll be right back.
Brian and Katie Torwalt with He is the Light. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is Pastor Shane McGivney. He's the pastor of Belden Baptist Church in Belden, Mississippi. Pastor Shane, as we begin this segment, would you take time to pray for the church as a whole, that the church would grow in the understanding of the critical priority of being mission-minded uh, as a whole? Thank you. Father, let's pray together. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for, again, this opportunity, this opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to remind us of your saving grace. Father, may the church be awakened and reminded to your biblical mandate to go and make disciples, that you desire that all should be saved. God, thank you for saving me, a sinner. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And uh, Pastor Shane, what I'm going to ask that we can do is, first, part of what I'm going to ask you to do is if you'll define some terms that most people may know, but there might be some that don't. You know, sometimes um, some of the words we use uh, may not be as common in some circles as in others. And I I can think of this too, like, you know, in, in Christian circles, we use the term mission. And someone might be listening, might be thinking, well, what's the big deal with mission? My wife sent me on a mission to Walmart last night. What's, I mean, what, 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 are, they, what are they talking about? Well, would you define for us those terms, mission, mission, missiology, as they relate to the church as well? Sure. Well, first I'd go with missiology. Missiology is just simply our foundational biblical understanding of what it means to be on mission, mm-hmm. uh, to understand that God has commanded us as followers of Christ to go and tell the world, the good news of Jesus, uh, his gospel message that uh, he has given his life, that we might be forgiven for our sins, the fact that we are all sinners, and that through his grace, uh, by faith, we are saved. And so we are commanded to do that. So that Mm -hmm. is our biblical understanding of that calling. But Mm -hmm. then to mission itself is to, I believe, with urgency and intentionality to go and to tell people that message, uh, whether it's across the street or at Walmart when you're shopping, mm-hmm. or you actually travel around the world, as some of my guys just recently did to Zambia, to mm-hmm. to, to share that wonderful message of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, you touched on something that's huge in helping us to better understand what it means. Sometimes a mission, like you said, might be going across the street, that's because right. the Holy Spirit wants you to go and witness to an unsaved neighbor. Or it might be the Holy Spirit sending you to the other side of the world. But the key is listening to the Word of God and the Spirit of God and obeying. Absolutely. Doing what God has called us to. And, you know, I think of this, that, like, I recently heard someone talking about uh, being a part of a mission project. And uh, this minister, he said that uh, if it doesn't involve the proclaiming of the gospel and discipleship, uh, just mostly involves maybe doing an important task like helping people build a— uh, a house or something like that, like that. He said that's not really Christian mission, and I'm aware of the fact that I think it. Bottom line, it depends on what the Holy Spirit is telling you in a given situation. Because I think number one, 
we know without question our priority is the proclamation of the gospel. That's who we are and what we're called to do. There may be instances where the Lord tells you to do a task that sometimes doesn't look like Christian mission. (laughs) Absolutely. But if the Lord tells you to do it, God always has eternal purpose behind it. One of the things that I I, I always try to do, I'm learning the context of Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask, you know, I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me, dis- help me discern the needs here. Uh, we have individuals who work with the mayor and the city, helping us to see, okay, what are some needs here? And so we do go cut trees out of people's yards. We go cut the grass. We'll build a wheelchair ramp. We work with um, the uh, St. Luke's Food Pantry. Uh, we have a food pantry of our own Uh we work with Crisis Pregnancy Center, with Parkgate, all those kind of things. We try to do those things. And, and yes, those are meeting physical needs. But if you mm-hmm. notice in the New Testament, Jesus, most of the time when he met a, a need, it was both spiritual and physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old song, How Can You Tell a Hungry Man About the Bread of Life, you know. Mm-hmm. But whenever I go internationally, I don't know the need. I don't know the context. So I always ask the missionary there, uh, I'm not just going to come. You tell me what your need is. We'll build the team around the need. Mm-hmm. If you need us to come and build a building or dig a well, we will do that. If you need us to come and do a pastor training, we'll do that. If you need us to come and do evangelism in the villages, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Soccer camp, we'll do that. But we want to. But we want to join with partners. That the only thing that they're that not the only thing that they're only doing is that they're just they're just doing those things, but they are carrying on with discipleship. I believe mm-hmm. that we're all pieces of the puzzle mm-hmm. that makes the beautiful picture of the gospel and of missions. And so, understanding that we each have a different role, we all each have different calling and gifts, and to use those all those gifts for the kingdom. Mm. You know, and that you make a number of. Excellent points to be considered. Um, you know, the passage I read in Acts chapter 16 is is a powerful passage that's loaded with wisdom, insight, and grace to help us better understand what missions is about. And, of course, in part, uh, in that chapter, it tells of how that, of course, Paul and Silas, they start to go one place. Holy Spirit tells them, don't go there. Then they start in another direction. Holy Spirit says, don't go there. And then God sends a vision in the night. Well, um, and they determine that's the direction the Lord is leading them. And, of course, they get there, and in the vision they saw a man saying, come help us, and some of the first people they meet are women, you know. Uh, but they their hearts are open. They get saved immediately, and I can imagine Paul and Silas are very excited about that. And then they go cast a demon out and get in trouble, get beaten up and get thrown in jail. <laughs> that's right. And somebody else uh, learning about that may think, well, Paul, I think maybe you missed the Lord because I don't think if God called you to do that, things like that would happen. How wrong our thinking can be. Sometimes the road to carrying out the work of God can be a tough road. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. He Mm -hmm. actually said it would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says he's sending us out amongst the wolves, you know. That's right. And the truth is, he, but he's going with us. Mm-hmm. So many people I've heard use the open door, closed door policy, you know, on where I think that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think the Lord wants us to push the door open. That's right. Um, especially when you're reaching unreached people uh, or hard to reach people. And they're right here in Tupelo. They're right here in Mississippi. Um, and we've got to move past our comfort zones, mm-hmm. whether it's with an ethnicity uh, or if it's through 
financial, economic status, um, all of those things. We've got to move past that and realize that that Jesus died so that anyone could come to know him. Uh, He didn't die for Anglos or African-Americans or Chinese or, you know, he died that all might come to know him. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to humble ourselves. And uh, sometimes just as Jesus came to break down the barrier between uh, Jews and Gentiles, he's uh, also expects us to, to break down that barrier, to allow that not to be an obstacle. And of course, in our world today, man, it might be financial barriers we have to overcome. It costs a lot of money to go overseas and do mission projects. That's right. But God, God takes care of those needs. And he, you know, and another thing is discerning. Also, is what is my calling? One of the struggles that I found in a church, even here, and I've been praying. Our staff's been praying, and church has been praying. God, show us exactly. I'd call it our niche. What is our niche here in this community? Mm-hmm. I don't believe our 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 ministry calling is to. Um, uh, alcohol recovery, drug addiction. We have some wonderful churches in our area that have been called in that and mm-hmm. are doing an outstanding job. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to, okay, what is our calling? And um, we're really believing it is moving us towards ministering to children mm-hmm. and and this mental health crisis that we're facing in our, in our nation and really globally. Um, so we're, again, you say, well, that doesn't sound like missions. Well, yes, mission is meeting needs. Uh, and, of course, the greatest need that we have is our spiritual need to know Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and in relation to what you just shared, a, a huge part of the Christian life really has to do with us listening wisely and correctly, discerning what God is saying. Because God doesn't call everybody to do everything, but he calls us individually to specific areas of ministry and collectively as well. And I think if I could just use a, 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 a obvious biblical example— God called Moses to go lead the children out of Egypt. Well, if Moses had said, well, Lord, you know what? I appreciate that, and I'm glad to hear that you want the children of Israel out of Egypt. But I tell you what, I'm going to stay here in Midian. I'm going to watch sheep. I'm going to teach Sunday school. I'm going to sing in the choir, but I don't want to go back to Egypt. There's actually a, a, a bounty on my head back there. So, God, I just, I'm sure that's not what you want me to do. So I'm just going to stay here, and I'll serve you here. That would have been so wrong, as just as wrong as two left shoes plus. Because when God calls you to do something, it's because his eternal purposes have determined that's what he wants you to do. And the Bible says the call of God is without repentance. God doesn't change callings. That's right. Now, he may multiply them, <laughs> and he does. But sure. the reality is when God calls you to do something, he's not going to change his mind. Yes, he has a plan for our lives. Whenever I get called, I sense that call from the Lord. It was undeniable, but I didn't really want to hear it. I had a plan. My home was paid for. We'd built our dream home on the on our farm, family farm. Mm-hmm. My parents lived right down the road. Uh, I'm a great out, a big time outdoorsman. I lived in the country, had wild game everywhere. My wife's family was nearby. I loved the community. Uh, our business, my, my dad and I were in partnership. Had a great business, doing well. Had a plan. I could retire at 55. Was my plan. And God changed all that, you know, and, and I've never been happier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have done, I have done all kinds of careers from milking cows when I was in college, uh, to working at the post office to, you know, I've done it mm-hmm. and just never found peace in it and, and joy like I do in pastoring. Now I want to tell you, 
pastoring is the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, it is by far, but it has caused me to be far more dependent upon the Lord, mm-hmm. just discerning of the Lord's uh, voice when mm-hmm. he speaks, but also the the importance of obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wonder why we have so many struggles. Uh, sometimes they're self-inflicted because we've been disobedient to the Lord. That's right. That's right. Now, one thing that's true, too, that it's not a popular topic, but the reality is God always calls us to sacrifice. That's a normal part Absolutely. of the Christian life. Yet, in our humanness, and especially in our culture, we often tend to move towards what's comfortable. But the reality is this. God is going to challenge and stretch us, and if we're obedient, we step into it. But the reality is in our flesh, often we can tell God, no, God, I'm not going to do that. Now, some might say, well, can you tell God no? God probably hears no a million times plus every day, or if not a billion times. When he's calling someone to do maybe a, a, a simple task or a life calling, yet people can tell God no, sadly, to their own loss, yes. but they can tell God no, and God hears no way too often. Well, I think sometimes we, we misunderstand God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that God knows all things and that God is in control of all things. In the midst of that uh, is free choice, man's choice to choose. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, many times, like you just said, we do choose to say no to God. Now, um, as a child of God, that, that's that's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hebrews tells us how we we, we would be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And I believe God's going to do whatever it takes to get a, get our attention. But yes, um, many times we say no to God. I believe we break the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we disappoint God. Um, and there's no greater place to be, though, than in the center of God's will. So true, so true. I think of I think it's such a wonderful and a powerful picture to see how that the apostle Paul, when he got when he first got saved, when he fell off the horse on the road to Damascus, his first question was, "Lord, who are you?" And God introduces Himself to him, and then He says, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" And what a powerful and a great question and prayer that we're wise to pray every day of our life. Lord, what do you want me to do? God is glad to answer that question. And often it's just not going to be what we hope it is. <laughs> but the right. important thing is to step out into what God said. And, of course, another powerful story and example is Jonah told God no at first. God wanted him to go to preach to Nineveh. And a, an important truth to recognize is that God invests gifts, strengths, and anointing on us to do the task that he's called us to. So when we tell God no, it's not a, simple, it's not a little thing. We're saying no to all that God has put into us and invested and placed in us. And we're going to say, God, I have my own plan. How tragic and how much we'll miss out. And the world will miss out on the gifts that God has designed us to give and bless the world with. Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that you and your love and mercy and grace call us and anoint us to carry out the work you've called us to, whatever that might be. Help us to live, to have a hunger to fulfill all your call upon our lives every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Our in-studio guest today is Pastor Shane McGibney. He's the pastor of Belden Baptist Church. We'll be right back.
Newsboys with He Reigns. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is Pastor Shane McGivney. He's the pastor of Belden Baptist Church. Uh, pastor Shane, in this last segment, I want to ask, invite you just to share whatever else is on your heart you'd like to share about the whole concept of believers living a life on mission. Mission is uh, our purpose uh, and understanding what it means to be on mission has been really confused in our churches today. Uh, we, we really struggle with even our identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what we do should flow out of who we are. Exactly. Um, we are first and foremost followers of Christ, and we need to remember that. Um, even before we're Americans, uh, we are followers of Jesus Christ, and we need to remember that, that God didn't save us to be a, a Democrat or a Republican. He, he, he saved us to be a, f- a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. And when we really begin to understand, okay, I'm called to be a Christ follower, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean to be a follower of Christ? I, I've always defined a disciple as a follower of Christ, but so what does that mean? That means one who knows Christ, one who's becoming more like Christ, and one who is joining Christ on mission. Mm-hmm. So we're joining Christ on mission. God has done a work in us. He has saved us, and he's set us apart, and he's called us, and he's equipped us. He's indwelling us, and in that process, he's making us more and more like him. We call that sanctification, that mm-hmm. process of growing in Christ's likeness. But then he does expect us to be on mission for him. That's right. We really talk about it in our in our culture. You know, the language that we use in our, really forms the culture of the church. Mm-hmm. And I grew up talking about mission trips. So when you think about mission trip, you're like, oh man, it's the fun, the food, the you know, almost like a vacation idea. And so mm-hmm. the 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 language that we try to use at Belden is we talk about being on mission, mm-hmm. and it that's irregardless of whether you are here in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, you're over in the Delta, uh, you're in. Uh, Canada, we have a partnership with the North American Mission Board with us, mm-hmm. a pastor and church planter in New, St. John's, Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Or if we're going over to Zambia to work, we have 10, 10 nations there in, in Central Africa that we're working with for church planting as well. And so wherever God's come, we're on mission and we're joining together. Uh, our church is joining many times other churches and partnering with the churches that have already been planted mm-hmm. to live that life on mission. So we're looking, just as the church has been called to equip believers, 
I believe churches are called to come alongside one another and to encourage one another and strengthen and equip one another. And because every church has its strength and every church has its weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a church is a young church and you, you look at the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy and Titus, especially with Titus with the church at Crete, uh, you know, dealing with some issues. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to have those that come along who've been through those issues and dealt with those issues and come alongside. And so a mission trip may take on some really different uh, ways of actually doing mission. That's right. Um, we we've been very blessed, you know. Whether it is partnering with with our local association here, the Lee County Baptist Association, Mississippi Baptist, or Southern Baptist around the world, and it's just been amazing to be able to join in. I just I I can't help but share. I had two of my men joined another church from Madison, Mississippi. They needed some help with the team, and they left uh, a week or so ago and went for ten days to Zambia, Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these gentlemen was eighty-four. Is eighty-four years old, <laughs> and you know, this this man was not a Christian as a child. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't live for Jesus most of his life, but God saved him, and mm-hmm. God he he began. We began to disciple him. Other men came alongside him in our small group to intentionally disciple him, mm-hmm. and he got a hunger for the Word of God, and mm-hmm. the Word of God began to infiltrate his heart. And whenever we had the opportunity to go on mission to Zambia, he said, what are we going to be doing? I said, well, we're going to be telling people about Jesus, and we're going to be coming alongside these new church plants to, to plant uh, pastors to plant new churches and to multiply churches. And he was like, I want to go. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're talking about a 48-hour journey for an 84-year-old man, mm-hmm. 30-something hours of flights plus an eight-hour van ride afterwards. I mean, that's not made for an 84-year-old. Mm-hmm. But he said, yes, that was difficult. Mm. And he felt so inadequate, but he came back sharing about how he was able to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, share the gospel, and people gave their life to Christ. Mm. Praise God. Isn't that, I mean, just wonderful. And so I can't can't wait for he shares this with our entire church, but to share that example and that understanding of that, that God is not, will use anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're seven years old or 78 years old. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And our plan first is to be a disciple who makes disciples mm-hmm. wherever God has us, wherever God's plan, right here. And then as God begins to show us other opportunities and and say, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one to go. I want to be a part of that. Whether it's praying, by mm-hmm. the way, you don't always have to go. You may not can go, mm-hmm. but you pray, you give, and you go. You know, you've touched on so many important truths for us to be mindful of. And I I think of this, too, in relation to what you shared. Um, You know, a part of living life on mission is like, for example, it's wise for believers to buy gospel tracts and carry them with you. Sure. Now, some believers might think, well, that's people think I'm a little strange. Well, you know, if if they go across the world to Africa, whatever, they may give out all kinds of gospel tracts every day. Then, yeah, that's a part of being on mission, but they don't do it at home. Well, it should be a lifestyle wherever we go because the goal is to shine for Jesus everywhere we go. That's right, a lifestyle of discipleship. Mm -hmm. Uh, We in our churches have many times made discipleship and missions a program, Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. not a program. It's a lifestyle. And like you said, to be equipped. 
Uh, you never know when you might have the opportunity to share. Now, one of the wonderful things now is that we have all these apps on our on our phones, mm-hmm. whether it's a Bible app or even an evangelism app that has a track on it that you can share. And, and we're such a visual society now. You can show it, and you can share it with somebody that way. But, mm-hmm. but like you said, a track to hand someone. And there was a time where I would dare say most Mississippians had heard of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and had had a— probably a pretty good explanation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That is no longer true. Mm-hmm. We have so many people right here in Tupelo and across Mississippi and certainly across our nation that have no idea who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. They have no des- no understanding of their need to know Jesus. Right. And that is our responsibility to share him. And, and, you know, it's not only is it important for us as individual believers to recognize, yes, it's all the responsibility of every believer, but also we're to prepare ourselves to be used by God as well. And, of course, that relates to what you share. You were talking about we walk with God, we're a disciple first, and then we make disciples as well. And so uh, you can't give what you don't have. And so we're to live in such a way that... We're walking close with the Lord, and we can be used mightily of Him as well. And, you know, too, you, you uh, alluded to this, and uh, our giving is a huge part of our Christian life. Now, of course, that should not replace living for Christ ourselves, but at the same time, giving is much more important than sometimes is emphasized. I, I like to share about this wonderful example of a Christian man who, he was a businessman, but he un, he loved Jesus, and he showed it. His name was R.G. Letourneau. I'm just going to read this statement that's, uh, that I found. It says, R.G. Letourneau understood God's purpose for blessing him financially. An inventor of earth-moving machines, Letourneau reached the point of giving 90% of his income to the Lord. As he puts it, I shovel out the money, and God shovels it back, but God has a bigger shovel. <laughs> but a beautiful example. Again, the idea of giving away 90%. What a beautiful goal to realize God is blessing me financially to be a blessing. Absolutely. And what a wonderful place to be in our growth and our understanding to do such a thing. Well, all that we have belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Everything we have is a gift from God. And we were called to be good stewards of that. Um, it's so easy to get caught up in the worldliness and the culturalism that we face, the materialism, secularism, and to, and, to, and really to live in almost a, um, ignore the world around us. Um, there's so many people that are hurting. That's right. Uh, the the folks that my friends just got back from visiting with are mission on mission in Zambia. Those families families live on less than three hundred dollars a year, mm-hmm. and there's such a great need there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we try to meet some physical needs. We do some work with the um, uh, orphanages there, and some things like build dig water wells and things like that. But their greatest need we have to always recognize is to know Jesus, to mm. know Jesus. So we, we, we do both, you know. G, and by the way, we mentioned this earlier, and I, I, it just came to mind. Jesus, yes, most of the time met both a physical and a spiritual need, but there are times recorded in the New Testament that all he did was meet a physical need. Mm. And so let's not dismiss that, right. you know. Right. Let's not dismiss that. Let's, let's, let's meet the need, whatever the need might be. And, you know, a big part of that, too, is time and time again— listening to the Holy Spirit, because he does everything perfectly, and he knows how he can use that act. And in our mind, if I may decide, well, I don't see how that's Christian at all. That's not my business. If they're following the Holy Spirit, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. 
because the Holy Spirit's always right, and He always knows how to meet a need and the way to meet in such a way that it points people to Jesus Christ. So, again, our time is just about gone, though. Um, I would say, uh, you know, Pastor Shane, that the greatest joy we can experience in life is one where we're walking in mission in close fellowship with Christ. What a joy it is to walk in the purpose God called you and put you in the world to walk out. And so, uh, one more time, if you would, share with our listeners, if someone would like to uh, learn more about the work and the ministry of Belden Baptist Church. Can you share a website or how they can get in touch? Absolutely. We'd love for you to check us out on the web, uh, BeldonBaptistChurch.com. You can meet our staff, kind of see a lot of what's going on there. Uh, we have ministries for all age groups. Uh, we are very blessed um, to have the location that we do. It's very easy to find. Like I said, it's just right there on the corner of McCullough, and Interstate 22, very easy to find. And uh, we're always welcoming anyone that could come. Everyone's welcome. Come and, come, and, come and spend time with us. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor Shane. Again, our in-studio guest has been Pastor Shane McGivney, the pastor of Belden Baptist Church, Belden, Mississippi. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you heard some of the things that we shared and talked about, but you're thinking to yourself, you know, I've never made that decision in my life. I'm not saved, not sure where I stand. Today is a great day to be saved. Today is a great day to make that eternally important decision. If you'd like to invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and, get, and be saved today, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago you lived, you died on the cross to pay for all my sins and all the wrong things I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we want very much to be in touch with you. I'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. Uh, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please, please get in touch with us. We want to be in touch with you. We'd like to share some of those things with you, and we look forward to hearing from you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Once again, Pastor Shane, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's my privilege. Had a great time. Amen. We invite every listener, please pray much for the great work, mission work, and otherwise of Belden Baptist Church in Belden, Mississippi, along with Pastor Shane. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.